You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We are talking Brewers baseball this week with none other than Adam McKelvey, Brewers reporter for MLB.com. Adam, it is uh, Monday, March 21st is when we're speaking. This is the first official week of spring. For my money, spring is my second favorite season. I'm a warm weather guy, so summer's number one. Then spring, I've got fall and winter three and four. Uh, what's your list look like as far as favorite seasons? <laughs> oh, I'll be cheesy and say it like fall because of playoff baseball. And I've heard that response more than once. So I think for baseball yeah. reporters being, you know, that's what you do. That's your livelihood. Uh, fall's got to be number one. So is, is spring or summer get the number two slot in your rotation? How does it work out? Uh, I'll go summer. In Milwaukee, that is about approximately three and a half days, and they're very enjoyable. Uh, so you have to, you know, really soak those three days in sure. before it turns to winter. Of course. But, no, summer in Milwaukee is outstanding, underrated town, mm-hmm. great uh, lakeside spots, just a really, really cool place to be in the summer. So I'll go summer number two. I don't know. Spring, winter. Spring sure. is nice, but it's work from my perspective. That's and Winter true. is cold, but it's you know chilling on the couch. Yeah, I can I can so see that. Tough, tough to choose. That is a tough call for me. It's just you know winter invokes images of just brutal cold and shoveling snow and being tough to drive and black ice and it, uh, you know it's that's it's number four on my list for me. So. That's personally where I rank it, but I think we agree that uh, doing what we do, this is the most fun time of the year, and especially the fall. But before we get to the fall, we got a long way to go, 162 uh, regular season games and what's left of spring training, of course. And Adam, I uh, hate to start a podcast on this note, but uh, we all saw by now what happened on Sunday with uh, Reimer Liriano in the Brewers game against the Dodgers. For those that aren't aware, hit in the face by a pitch uh, late in Sunday's game. Uh, taken off the field on a stretcher. We're all crossing our fingers. He's going to be okay. What is the latest on Liriano? Well, Craig Council visited him in the hospital on the way to the ballpark on Monday morning, said he's alert. He's a lot more comfortable than he was on Sunday and understandably calmer than he was on Sunday when something happens like that to a player. It's, it's, you can understand it. It's really frightening. And, and, you know, your career flashes before your eyes. Your well-being is called into question. Craig Council knows exactly what that feels like because in 1998, when he was with the Marlins, he uh, had a broken jaw and a hit-by-pitch, a C.J. Nikowski pitch that both men have talked at length about in the years that followed, how, how it affect them, uh, affected them and how it was difficult. It's, it's hard for the pitcher as well as the, the batter. Um, uh, Craig Council had the winter to come back from that. Liriano is going to be different. He's going to miss an extended chunk of time. And, and, Matt, as we talk right now, the Brewers don't know exactly how long that's going to be. There are tests that need to be done. The swelling has to come down before they can uh, figure out exactly what they're looking at. But, look, this is an extended absence. Uh, no matter how long it is, uh, it's a DL situation. It takes him out of the running for a roster spot, which uh, David Stearns, the Brewers GM, was saying is, is really tough to think about. This is a, a player who's long been a prospect and a good prospect. And here in Milwaukee, he had uh, probably his best opportunity at a pretty significant playing time, an opening day roster spot, and that gets taken away in an instant. And, and you really feel for a player um, when you start to think about just how close he was and, and how quickly things can change in this sometimes cruel game. So everybody right now is just thinking about his long-term well-being, 
Um, there are baseball implications to this, but I think right now everybody mostly just wants him to be well, get better, and that's going to be a long process. Yeah, well said on uh, all points. And, uh, you know, just being here in the office uh, yesterday, you know, you've got so many games on, you're monitoring so many things, and then next thing you know, you, you look up at a screen and there's a stretcher being, uh, you know, taken onto the field and somebody's down face first in the dirt. It's such a such a sickening feeling, uh, you know, whether you're a fan of the team or not. You just have basic human compassion for anybody that goes through that. And uh, to that end, Adam, I found some of the postgame comments uh, really telling uh, from the Brewers uh, players and coaches, you know, again, whenever you see anybody be victimized by something like this, it is so difficult to watch. But what I really found telling, again, is that the way that some of the players spoke about Reimer Liriano, it was as if he's been with this team for 10 years because they spoke of him, you know, as not just a teammate, but but a brother and, and somebody that they yeah. really created such a bond with. This is a guy that's been with the team less than three months, I believe, and I just found that so revealing that he's created such a bond with some of these guys in such a short period of time. Well, look, that's baseball. The downtime, the, the amount of time these guys spend together in the clubhouse, you do become brothers, and this is a young team. It's, it's come together quickly. It's a lot of guys with opportunity that breeds some optimism, I think, that's kind of pervaded uh, this camp. And, and look, the other part of it, I think, is when you see that happen to a player as a ball player yourself, you can't help thinking, you know, that could have been me. That, that could happen to me at any moment. And I think it was Jimmy Nelson is the one who said it, it sort of makes you appreciate what you've got. It makes you appreciate your health in this game, the good things that this game can, can bring you. And it makes you, uh, I think, as a player, think about, look, this can be taken away in an instant. None of this is permanent. So enjoy the good times while they're there. Do as, as much as you can to make those last as long as possible. And, and never take for granted that it's always going to be there for you. So it was a very emotional post game yesterday. It was, frankly, somewhat emotional this morning. Um, you know, the Brewers are playing split squad games day, night, as we talk today. So it's, it's right back to work for them. Um, maybe that's a good thing as they all sort of uh, wait for a word on their teammates. Yeah, uh, very well said again. And uh, thoughts and prayers and fingers crossed uh, all across the board for Reimer Liriano that he makes a full recovery. And like you said, Adam, you know, it's one thing to look at it from a career perspective, but now we're just looking at it from an overall human health perspective that he's going to be okay. And if the baseball career can resume, obviously that's wonderful. And we hope uh, full recovery all the way for uh, the youngster Reimer Liriano after what happened yesterday. Uh, to switch gears a little bit here, Adam, uh, you had a good article on the website about Martin Maldonado and uh, really went through some struggles last year. And, and, again, this is a theme we point out time and again that we tend to forget. These guys are human beings. They're not baseball robots. They, you know, they have lives uh, away from the field. And as it turned out, he was dealing with the stress uh, from a very serious health issue involving a close family member, we know that he's a very uh, quiet, private guy by nature. So what do you think kind of compelled him to reveal what was going on last season uh, in, in your estimation? Well, it, it came up in conversation, and he was real. I, I really had to you know, talk at length to the point where he was comfortable with this being written about at all. He didn't want to say who and what exactly happened. Um, we, we talked about what it was, and, and you, you know, believe me, it was something – uh, very, very close to him, and it was extremely scary for, for a time. And, and this all went down just as Jonathan Lucroy took a, a foul tip off the, the foot, broke a toe, and was out for an extended period. So for Martin Maldonado, it was 
a big chance for him to do what he hadn't done for a couple of years, which is play. He'd been uh, in this backup role to Jonathan Lucroy, who plays a lot, and Mar- Maldonado's opportunities had really uh, diminished. And he, he also talked in this story about this, that, that being a struggle and a learning experience because he did have opportunities in 2012 when Lucroy was again out for a, a period to play extensively, and Maldonado actually performed quite well. He had some of his best offensive numbers during that stretch. And he came back thinking that this would be more of a, perhaps more of an even split, and he would get to play a couple of times a week. Well, over the ensuing seasons, it didn't happen. So he is a very fascinating player to me because I, I've gotten to know him well over the last couple of years. He's really an evolved player. He was a teenage hothead sort of coming out of uh, uh, Puerto Rico in the Angels system. Um, got into some trouble over in Tempe, which I think you can understand a, a 19, 18, 19, 20-year-old uh, could do pretty easily. And, uh, you know, for a time then fell out of favor. The Mariners were looking at him as a potential pitching prospect. He would have given up catching. The Brewers gave him another opportunity. And he's really found a niche with this team as a defensive-minded catcher, uh, a really big part of what they do uh, as a pitching staff as they prepare for games. Um, and he's learned to kind of embrace that role. So I, I just find him a, a, to be a fascinating player in that there, there are many different types of players in this game. There's Mike Trout, obviously, and, and uh, you know, Bryce Harper and the guys who are big-time stars and put up huge numbers and play every day. But there are many Martin Maldonados in this game, too, who have had to kind of mentally come to the, the place where they can accept a, a different role and still find ways to have success in that role. And uh, I, I think it was, uh, it was uh, I appreciated him opening up a little bit about some of the things that were on his mind, both last season and then earlier in his career, as he's kind of come to the place he is now. Yeah, that's a great point. There's a lot more Martin Maldonados in the game of baseball than there are Mike Trouts or Bryce Harper's, you know, generational talents we're talking about there. So hopefully the, uh, for Martin, his head is in a better place. Uh, the problems are a thing of the past and, he can focus on having a very productive 2016 for this Milwaukee team. Uh, let's get to some on-field issues, uh, Adam. I think we're all still getting used to seeing Aaron Hill as a third baseman uh, after over a decade primarily as a second baseman, most of those with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, in your dealings with him, how do you think he's adjusting to his new role and what have been the biggest adjustments and learning experiences for him thus far? Well, they say he is adjusting well, which I think anyone who's come in contact with Aaron Hill isn't going to be surprised about that. The, you know, sort of a pro. He's a pro. So it, it is a somewhat unfamiliar position. He played his, his most extensive experience was last season. So he did get a little taste of it. But in terms of being an everyday guy, this is all new. So Craig Council, the manager, obviously has a great appreciation for what this transition is. Council bounced all over the place in his career. He knows all those infield positions as well as anybody and he, the way he described it with Aaron Hill is you just you want to go through spring training and do these games and sort of experience a variety of plays. And, and the way Council said is once Aaron Hill experiences one type of play, it's in his library. It's in his mental library, and he can go into the season and feel comfortable with it. Because there are just different, different playing third base than it is playing up the middle where you kind of pick your hop. At third base, it's, it's instinct, it's, it's, uh, it's reaction. And they think that he's going to be able to make this adjustment. Now, offensively is the question. He's had some big offensive years in his career with the Blue Jays mostly. He had one with the uh, Diamondbacks more recently. 
But the last two seasons have been decidedly down years at the plate. Part of that has probably been playing time. So now he's going to get a chance to really play every day and see if that won't provide a boost offensively. But Craig Council really has expressed optimism that looking at the trajectory of Aaron Hill's career, sort of some ups and downs at these seasons, he feels like there's another up left in there. And if that's the case, he's going to be, uh, could be a potentially intriguing trade guy, given his defensive versatility, given uh, his reputation in the clubhouse. If he puts together a couple of big months at the start of the season, I think, you know, you might be a guy the Brewers can get a little, uh, another little prospect for. Yeah, I, I think so, too. He's a guy that's got plenty of experience, but he's not necessarily, you know, old, quote-unquote. Uh, and like you said, he's making this adjustment to third base well, and if uh, the, the chips fall where they should, like you said, maybe the Brewers could get back a nice return for him um, come, come midseason. If they're in a position where maybe they're not contending, they want to trade, and that would be a good trade chip for them to have. We'll see what happens with Aaron Hill as the season progresses here in 2016. Adam, you also had a chance to speak with former skipper uh, Ron Renneke. He is back as the third base coach, uh, coach for the Angels as the two clubs played one another this past weekend. You know, I think it's it's human nature for a lot of guys to harbor some sort of resentment to the team that let you go. You know, obviously things didn't work out. They cut bait with uh, Ron Renneke. He's now back with L.A., but it seems to me from your article on the website that this is a guy that he, he's not that type. He's a guy that's going to take the high road. He's going to say, you know what? I had great years. Didn't work out. It's a new chapter and let, you know, bygones be bygones. That's kind of the, the sense I got from your article and you speaking with Ron Renneke. Yeah. I mean, look, he went into it with clear eyes from the beginning to the fact that when you are hired as a manager in major league baseball, you're hired to be fired. That's the cliche. Every manager, almost every manager, winds up getting gassed. That's the nature of this, this, again, sometimes cruel game of ours. So I think he knew that that was a possibility. And, and they went through a scenario where they were, they collapsed at the end of 2014. 2015 gets, gets off to such a bad start. They had to do something. Uh, and the manager, unfortunately, is, is sometimes the guy who's going to bear the brunt of that. And for the Brewers, they sort of use it to launch the rebuild. I mean, I, mean, I think some people will look at, uh, like, the Aramis Ramirez trade, the Carlos Gomez trade, as kind of the beginning of, of the Brewers doing this, this full-blown rebuild. But really, it was that managerial move where they bring in Craig Council, a guy with, uh, you know, with ties, deep ties to the, the city and to the team, um, sort of uh, maybe a little more analytically minded. Um, and that was kind of their first move as they started to turn over this roster. So I think Renneke, um, I mean, it's not to say he's not disappointed with how it went down. The timing of it was uh, sort of tough. They just won a couple of games, actually, when he was let go. But he's, as you said, he's not the kind of guy who's going to sit and dwell on that. He wanted to look forward. He wound up getting back into the game at the end of last year with the Dodgers uh, and then back with the Angels, which made so much sense given his history with Mike Sosha, all those years he spent on that coaching staff. Uh, Bud Black is back as a special assistant as well. So it's kind of a reunion there in Anaheim of some guys who had a lot of success together. And for Ron Renneke, he wants to manage again. Look, Mike Sosha, you know, that's, that's, he's not going to manage forever. And I think Ron Renneke could be a guy – uh, kind of positioning himself, if there is a change there, make himself a candidate. So he uh, certainly wants to manage again. He wants that challenge again. And, and I, I think he said to us 
uh, when we when he, when he gets hired there, look, he might get fired again, but he's going to do uh, always what he feels like is the best thing to do uh, to try to win games, make players better, and ensure he uh, you can stick in that, that difficult job for as long as you can. Yeah, like you said, hired to get fired. That's a perfect way to put it. And you said, you know, Mike Socha can't manage forever. I would say he already has. I think he's <laughs> I think he's the longest tenured. <laughs> Uh, manager in baseball currently, so he's uh, he's a fixture there in L.A., but like you said, there will come a day where he can't manage anymore, and maybe Ron Renneke will be the next guy to be hired, to be fired. We'll see what transpires, but like you said, a fresh start for both he and the Brewers Ball Club uh, here moving forward. Adam, to wrap things up, uh, every week we try to take a story which has kind of dominated the headlines throughout uh, Major League Baseball as a whole, and for the past week or two, that has easily been the whole saga with Adam LaRoche and his uh, 14-year-old son, Drake. Uh, LaRoche leaving $13 million on the table and abruptly retiring uh, due to the team not, uh, you know, Ken Williams saying we can't have him in the clubhouse all the time. Uh, there were players who supported LaRoche, others who voiced their disagreement with it. So opinions on both sides of the fence here. In your dealings with the Brewers players and coaches, what have their reactions been to this LaRoche uh, whole ordeal and your personal reaction? Uh, where do you fall on this? Well, from the team's perspective, it's been a non-issue. And part, part of this is I don't know how many of the Brewers are old enough to have kids, <laughs> especially kids that are, uh, you know, 14. Craig Council has children that age, and he made the point that, um, you know, he, he's probably the one who'd be in the middle of this if he were a player. His kids uh, are going to be around the team. They have been in the past, and he said they'll continue to be the Brewers uh, don't have a formal policy on this. Craig Council sort of described it as a common-sense policy. They certainly don't have, you know, that's a special situation with a, a, a child being there every day. Um, you know, the council kids are there occasionally, and there are other players who have kids there occasionally, but it's not uh, an everyday type of thing. So basically, it, it's just not been a problem in Brewers camp, and, and they feel like it's going to continue to be that way. You know, as for my personal take, this this, this this sounds still to me like like there's still pieces to be put together. It it, it doesn't add up. It's, if it's as simple as a miscommunication, then it's a very tragic one because one, one side is saying they were told one thing. The other side is saying we, we said something different. Um, signals were crossed here, and it's unfortunate that it blew up into such a, a, a big issue as it did. And, and sort of surprising. Now, look, if I'm the kid, when I grow up, I'm going to look at Dad and say, look, I would have gladly stayed away two days a week for an extra $13 million in my inheritance. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm really worried about here is Drake LaRoche. <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent point. Uh, you know, maybe when he gets a little bit older and wiser, he's going to say, you know, Dad, come on. You left all that money on the table, and I, I could have been I could have been rolling in this uh, <laughs> for my inheritance one day. That's an excellent point, but uh, – you know, like you said, uh, I think that there's going to be some other shoes to drop here in this story because it's been so odd how one day we hear that the entire team was ready to boycott a spring training game, and then not a week later, you hear reports of other players saying that they were the ones who complained to Ken Williams, and Ken Williams kind of, you know, took the brunt of the responsibility to be the bad guy, quote-unquote, and be the one to say, you know, Adam, look, your son can't be here all the time, so it's... The whole thing's been very odd, and, for, you know, for everything going on here in spring, the biggest story involves a 14-year-old boy, which is just so strange. Yeah. But it's it's funny how it's been such a lightning rod of, of controversy and how there's been so many reactions to it. But, you know, Adam, like you, like you said, a lot of the guys on this team 
not young enough or not old enough to have kids nearly as old as Drake LaRoche, who again is 14 years old. So, you know, that's a telltale sign that this is a, a very young team. Uh, Adam, great stuff as always. We certainly appreciate the time. We'll do it again next week right back here. In the meantime, this is Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.